to Carrie and Dan Save Christmas, your favorite holiday movie podcast you're listening to right now. I'm Carrie. And I'm Dan. And we have a special guest today. I'm so Would you excited. like to introduce yourself, special guest? Hi, I'm Felicia, and I'm Carrie and Dan's biggest fan. <laughs> you sound <laughs> like that. I'm so excited here. Oh, thank you for joining us. Full disclosure, Felicia is my boss and the only, and the person I know who loves Christmas like more than I either me or Dan or I ever could. I challenge oh, that statement. I was I was gonna say I feel like I don't know if I could take that title, but I do think we would be like on a Christmas committee together for a place. Like, do you know 100. what I mean? Like, we would be yes. holding. We would be officers. Like, you know, you have dance team captains. Like, we would be the captains of Christmas. Um, oh, Santa would be and, so and proud I, of us. Yeah, that that sounds actually amazing because I, Dan definitely has a lock on the movies. I mean, you do too, Carrie. But like, I feel like Dan has has his like a oh he does that is like Christmas movie prints, right? Oh, he sent a spreadsheet. Oh, thank you. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> during work. So I, I I find Christmas movies. I have like my old favorites. Like I do love the Santa Claus. I like Elfson, another favorite. But like I'm 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 bad at exploring outside of like the canon I already know. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, but, you that, but you did that but you did that for the film we're talking about today which was hot oh shoot hot, hot chocolate, chocolate nutcracker. nutcracker a documentary yeah. it was a documentary about uh, the debbie allen school of dance and the process they go through every year to put on a really spectacular show that's predominantly kids teens young dancers doing a very revised and imaginative and it's more of a musical than a ballet um, it, it mixed forms of dance um, type perf- interpretation of the Nutcracker. And let me tell you, I'm not someone who's huge on like dance docs or like, this is how we get up to the big day team type stuff. This movie is spectacular. <laughs> yeah. um, and Felicia, that. I'm very glad Felicia is here because Felicia is someone who loves dance so much and yeah. has a background in it if you want to go into that a little bit before we go into our 60 second summary like kind of tell us why you're so excited to to when we asked you to like come we were we were gonna have her on the princess switch switched again episode because she's also a huge Vanessa Hudgens um fan I'm a high, I'm a high school musical fan <laughs> Just so, but Vanessa Hudgens in particular it, it's not limited to the HSM universe I have to be I have to be honest about Vanessa so like at first when I was growing up I was like a hater because she's dating Zac Efron and he was such a huge celebrity crush but now I'm like I also had a crush on her and I didn't realize it yeah I had a lot of feelings to sort through <laughs> yeah um but yes yeah, Princess Switch we, we did watch uh, Switched Again the other day me and my roommates and it was chaotic a christmas chaos type vibe but it was really fun and heartwarming at the end of the day um but yeah with all the treason it was just so heartwarming with the the different (laughs) just hearing vanessa do her british accents and like right exactly i was like impressed but i was also like okay (laughs) i never i never thought i'd be engaging with material where vanessa hudgens had to do two different british accents you know uh honestly um, but, I it's so good I loved it but also like I'm the glad. Christmas spirit is just always emanating from me I always think that I'm gonna trash movies and I end up being like so actually let's talk about everything that's right here I, 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 but that's like 
like the charm and the excitement of Christmas, right? Like, you know, we know there's bad in the world, but I do buy into the like joyful, hopeful, optimistic mentality. And like, I don't know. I think, I think my love of Christmas stemmed from like, my birthday's on December 26th, for those who don't know. Um, and for an audience who, uh, <laughs> sorry, who may not know you personally, Felicia's birthday exactly. is December 26th. Feel free to cash app her, Venmo her on that day. <laughs> Please subscribe money. at Nicole 86 um, But I just feel like people are always like, oh, did you hate having your birthday so close to Christmas? And like, I didn't because it was so intertwined in this like hopeful celebratory moment. And like, I don't know, it just- Stealing yeah, so baby like- Jesus' thunder, yeah. Yeah, it's a classic Capricorn move. It's a classic Capricorn move. Like, I don't know why anyone's surprised. (laughs) Um, So yes, Dan, I just, I echo your statement of like, yes, things can be cheesy, but they're also like heartwarming and we need that to sustain ourselves. Especially in 2020. My Hufflepuff is showing you guys. I'm like, We love a Hufflepuff. Hufflepuffs who are fans of everyone doing their best and hard work which i think ties in perfectly with the themes of hot chocolate nutcracker if you yes. would like to i will put 20 right. 60 seconds on the clock and off okay. mic before we recorded everyone i want you to know that i told her she had 60 seconds to summarize and she said i'll do it in 45 which and that if, if you can imagine what that. my the standard i have to live up to in my job <laughs> with, wow no, no, no! I'm saying she, I'm saying she's a, an impossible act to follow, folks, because she's a. Oh Capricorn. my gosh, this is too this- much. <laughs> All right, uh, let okay. me get sixty seconds for you, starting now. All right, Hot Chocolate Nutcracker, produced by Shondaland, is about Debbie Allen, who is an iconic stage and screen actor and her Academy of Dance um, in California. And it follows the trajectory of the Nutcracker preparation season. It's not just in December, y'all. Stuff happens in September. So people are auditioning, they're taking their weekly classes, their daily classes. And, um, and, and so she kind of explains her history and how she went to, to, to how she was led to create the Dance Academy in general. Um, her daughter's experience with dance and then how she's nurturing this next generation of dancers and prioritizing prioritizing inclusion, diversity, and representation. Boom! Oh my good? God. You did it in 45 seconds. I can't stand yes! you. There are 15 <laughs> seconds on the stopwatch. Oh my goodness. Honestly, Felicia, yes. you are better at that. I can't stand you. Like Gary or I. We are terrible at it. And that was so concise and clear. Uh, thank you. That's absolutely spectacular. Oh my gosh. So I could not have planned that. that better. Um, yeah, it was, as someone who like grew up like knowing who Debbie Allen was through like, you know, particularly my parents, like obviously we grew up, you know, knowing who Felicia Rashad was. And then like, if you know, through yeah. Cosby Show and like all these other, uh, Raisin in the Sun, the TV movie yeah. produced by Diddy and starring Ooh. Diddy and Audra McDonald. I forgot about that. For reasons. Yeah. What a cast. I love it. Um, so knowing her and then and then coming into Debbie Allen's work that way um, and then, you know, in working in the line of work that, you know, we all currently are in knowing how iconic she was in, you know, Sweet Chair, like in Sweet Charity yeah. and in the Fame TV show. West Side Story. West Side yeah, yeah. Story. Mm-hmm. Like Debbie Allen is that girl. And you think of her, and I always think of her first as a dancer, but also she runs uh, Grey's Anatomy now. She's the showrunner on Grey's Anatomy. She does everything. Yeah. She's a Love singer. Her. She's an actor. She's a, she's a true like 
every type of threat, not even a triple threat. Like that's what I didn't her. realize was she choreographed the Oscars. I didn't know she had done that. I learned that. I know in that either. No, me neither. Ten times or something like that. I was like, "Come on, girl!" Yeah, right? yeah. I was very Ugh. impressed. She and she runs. And this is just the other thing that she does. She runs right. dance school. Right. And runs and additionally, she said 75% of those kids are on scholarship. And you think about yes. dance courses are not cheap to start with, definitely not in the yeah. LA area. Additionally, these kids, a lot of these kids come not even just like once a week, they're here four to five times a week. And you think about the amount of money that that would cost and it, per student, they, they go from like literally like four or five year old kids up until like 18, 19 mm-hmm. in not even just this program, just in courses. And you think about how much she's like 75% of them are on scholarship, don't pay for anything or most things or whatever. And so you think about the amount of fundraising that go and like that is like full on philanthropy, like not even just it's work mentorship for future dancers, but also like this is an incredible activity. It's a sport you're you're paying for kids to do like one of the most expensive sports there are to do in a community that particularly for where they are located in LA, like the, she makes a point saying the majority of these kids are not from the world's wealthiest backgrounds. And I'm like, and that is just a, such an incredible gift to these kids that she's doing. I, I just loved it. I was just so inspired by it. Cause I'm like, you know, not even, it, you know, in a sense of like, well, we're doing it out of the goodness, you know, to feel good, about, pat ourselves on the back. They're like, no, there's a community need. Right. And that's what I liked about the documentary too, just to speak to that, like, I loved going into her background too because we understood like what her journey was as a dancer mm-hmm. and like why it feels like such a priority that she is like I, I, the word nurturing continues to come back when I think about her in in her yeah. space of her economy it's like she's totally. she's encouraging she's like shepherding this next group and I think that's so I'm getting chills just talking about it actually because I think there can be such a mentality of like, oh, I had it hard. So everyone else has to jump through the hoops too. Mm -hmm. But she's actively like, no, let me reach and bring with me. Like I'm, Mm -hmm. you know, this, no one can see this because it's going to be a podcast, but like (laughs) I'm reaching, I'm doing a reaching motion. She is. Yes. Thanks for confirming. (laughs) It's also the, the, the sort of thing where she talks about her own experiences, particularly. And I know Felicia, this is an issue that's like very close to your heart about the anti-blackness in ballet in particular, but also modern contemporary dance in terms of like, not even just racism, but in terms of skin tone. And like, this is a thing that like anyone who's done, da- Missy Copeland talks about all the time, um, you know, in terms of like finding shoes that match your body. And like, there's the basic baseline things like that, but in the time that Debbie Allen was coming up and even her daughter, um, who's, you know, one or two generations later, basically um, b- being told like she was, she was training and had like a scholarship through the Ford program and they used her as like marketing to get folks to audition, but then they booted her from the program because like, no, 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 we won't have black students in this program. And mm-hmm. she, she talks about her daughter going training at a very prestigious like Russian program and the teacher one day going, you, you know, look, go, you will never make it as a dancer. Go do Alvin Ailey. As Which if is Alvin like- Ailey, that is the craziest thing that could ever be said because oh, Alvin Ailey oh. is like the most beautiful of all the dancing that I've ever seen in my life. Alvin Ailey is hands down the most no. beautiful it's performance amazing. I've ever seen. It's amazing. As if as if it was so easy to just like walk into alien gigs like into their <laughs> right. company. I'm like that. Like it is and I like that Debbie Allen called it the premier like dance institution and company. I'm like, yes, it yeah. is it is the it is. <laughs> like ABT it, yeah, is well and good, but like Alvin Ailey like is its own thing. Like it's a style of dance. When you say oh an Alvin Ailey dancer it's not just like saying, you know, ABT and New York City Ballet carry their own 
prestige with it, but that doesn't necessarily tell you anything about the type of dancer and the versatility of that dancer, you know, yeah. what their form and their ability to do things. Like yeah. Alvin Ailey, it's like, they, they are doing everything. Like, you know what I mean? Like you, um, that tells you a type of like, just a fluidity and a form and it's a genre it's basically its own genre of dance and I'm like how dare you come out here like that some fake and she said and now and Debbie Allen's like that is what made me start the school I pulled her out that I was like I sent my husband to go talk to him because I would have not been kind oh, <laughs> and, and she's like yeah my daughter so was my good. muse and we started her her dance school out of that and they started a hot nutcracker out of even just like, you know, having seen Nutcracker and there are, and they call, and apparently hot, cho- uh, or sorry, chocolate Nutcracker is what they call all black productions of the Nutcracker. And I did not know that. Like I knew that that existed in certain companies, but I never realized it was called a chocolate Nutcracker, which I thought was very cool. Yeah, I didn't realize that either. Um, and and uh, there's so many stories. Like, so yes, like you said, I, have a, I grew up dancing and I wanted to dance with Alvin Ailey. Like that was my dream. Like that was not the what do they call it when you're applying to schools? And you, oh, like, that was not my safety, like, dance. No, that's no one's on earth like, safety. You know, like, I was like, I want to dance with Alvin Ailey. But, of course, everyone was like, you have to take ballet classes. Yeah. Or, I, I want to be a Janet Jackson backup dancer. Like, I want to do everything but ballet. And they were like, you have to take ballet in order to do mm-hmm. this. Like, Broadway, anything. But I remember really wanting to, you know, dance with Alvin Ailey. Be- but also because... I remember the first time I saw it, it was second grade, Miss Mellum, who was our elementary school dance teacher, and she's since passed away, like much love. Um, she, she like wheeled out one of those carts, you know, the yes. that they would bring out in elementary school. Um, she, she brought it out and I remember seeing these just beautiful black and brown bodies, curvy, all different, you know, dancing. And I was like, that's what I want to be a part of. And so then take like being inspired by that and then having to take ballet classes where it was so completely um exclusive of those types of bodies of those skin tones like was so disheartening and is why mm-hmm. I ultimately gave it up and like um and 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 so that I mean we can like dive into it dive into it but there was one quote in particular that just like I was when I was just was like weeping and just like could not stop this visceral reaction and that's when one of the dancers said um it's something like it's so sad that the craft that chose me was not made in my image and I was Ooh, like yes that sent yes. chills down my spine and I'm like just particularly like as a black woman I'm like yes that is so true of, of dance and of so many like art forms but that's true of just so many so many things that there's so many art forms beyond dance right like that's true of like writing and publishing music like so or not music because like there are our own like our own distinct genres but like particularly a, a form that is so white and is so white dominated yeah. or dom- not even just white in terms of like a body type and aesthetic that is dominated yeah. by a very specific look you know what I mean yeah. Yeah. yeah and I'm like and it's very specific culture and a very specific you know an ideal background right they you know all these assumptions being made about that type of person I'm just like wow yeah. That was that was one that hit me to the core. As someone who's like, you know, the world's worst dancer, I still like felt vibes of that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sure. man. I think what was really interesting too is like, so they, this quote happens, right? And then they basically spend the rest of the movie dismantling why that sentiment is wrong. True. Yeah. Like showing like why this whole industry shouldn't be the way that it is right now because you get something like this production that Debbie Allen is like, look, I'm going to work you so hard. Ooh, baby. <laughs> and it's going to be 
so good. And like, I just, I think that's something that I, I appreciate it. Cause obviously I can never understand what it's like to be a black girl performer. Uh, but what I can see is the black girl magic that happens throughout this. And uh, yeah. like, it's, it's great. It, it is nice that they celebrate that. And like, Dan, you, I feel like are my nutcracker partner in crime now. Yes. Which, like, I never knew there were other people like me out there. But, like there's a lot of us. Right, right, exactly. And that's what is so exciting. But like, it is such a beloved holiday tradition. And like, it's one of those things where it's like everyone, well, I don't want to say everyone has like a memory of it, but it, it is such a, a, a common tra- a holiday tradition for people to go to. But everyone knows the music and everyone knows like right. bits of it and people right. have that attachment, right? And, yeah. And so to see this like reimagining of that, but a, a more inclusive, you know, like opening arms to everyone type of nutcracker, I was like, oh, this is so cool. Like, this is so exciting. Like, I love the Tchaikovsky nutcracker, but like, I with this too. Am I allowed to swear? I don't know. No, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll put jingle bells over it if we decide against oh. cursing. If we decide to do like a PG-13 podcast, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. I know my mom okay. will for sure listen to this episode because you're on it, Felicia. Yeah. So another thing that was really exciting to me was like, I loved how Hot Chocolate Nutcracker makes such a point of like infusing just so many different styles beyond the traditional musically and in terms of comedy but also in terms of like they have in a big portion of for those who you know maybe haven't seen a full like ballet ballet version of the nutcracker like there is a point where clara sits through and like you know we get the sugar plum fairy but like the other there is like an around the world section variations variations that are like what like china's one of them a few a few different ones where it's like yeah let me see if i i wonder if i can do these yes okay you go you go i'll fact check for you well what's like the candy cane though we have russia Mm -hmm. russian well okay so here here's the thing let me put on (laughs) my like necker glasses so it depends on the production so like each production can have different variation titles but they all like the music's all the same so there's spain right and that's usually chocolate okay um arabian coffee or morocco right like there's mm-hmm. there's different oh i didn't realize it was tied to foods oh that's funny yeah. usually there's foods. foods i thought it was just random like we're just gonna do some fun stuff because we're oh. it's russia in the 1800s and anything that's not <laughs> anything you know, anything that's exotic to us is cool Oh um, no! There's Chinese tea, and right, like you said, oh, that, that can sense. get dicey. Um, <laughs> it really does. Oh um, man! Um, and then Russian candy canes, but sometimes marzipan. That's oh, right. Cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then there's the merlatin, which are like the sh- like it, the sheep herderesses sometimes, like pastoral. Like, yeah. yeah. And then there's um, Mother, Mother Ginger. Ginger. Oh, Jane. Oh. <laughs> Who's Mother <laughs> Ginger supposed to be? Like, what what region of? the world is French, she? I believe. Oh, for real. You oh, made that up. No, 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 no because, I'm kidding. I'm because kidding. the little kids are called um the Paula Chanel's and that sounds French. Oh. <laughs> no, that actually makes sense. So that might be I have yeah. no idea how to spell that. I'm like, is that like a type of Let's sweet see. we can Google? And I'm like, I don't know how to spell that. But only based on Paula Chanel. A French um oh it's a com- comedia del arte character. Um, but it's French. It's, it sounds like you're right. Yeah. Oh, like puppetry. 
So I guess that makes sense. Because they're supposed to be these little kids. Now, the Nutcracker I grew up doing, they were like, we were named after spices. So like our little costumes would be like nutmeg or cinnamon or like, this is the little tag that was in the costume that I'm pointing to uh-huh. here. Um, what were you? Yeah, what were you? Oh, if I remember, I did it like two or three years. Excuse me, Jingle Bells, if I remember. <laughs> I did it like two or three years. Um, I'm sorry, Karen. Um, but it was, and that, that's the thing too that really struck me. Like I was like the, the visceral reaction of crying like was digging up these painful memories of like little things that outside of the world of ballet people might not know. Like when they were, when, when Debbie Allen eviscerated that one class and she was like, you don't show up late. You're thinking about boys. Like she was like, G-g-g-g-g-g-g. and then they all go up to her at the end and like curtsy to her. Like that is a ballet class thing where yeah. you like curtsy mm-hmm. to your teacher. And I was you like, you thank them every session. No yeah. matter. Where does that come like, from? Do we know? Cause I, I think that, that I, I think that's a tradition nice. from, I don't know if it's a Russian thing specifically, yeah. but that is very common. You always like you or you do if you don't necessarily do it one by one you do like a mass curtsy at the end of your oh interesting I mean like no disrespect to Debbie Allen like you absolutely should be bowing to her anytime you turn around (laughs) I would especially if Debbie Debbie Allen yelled at me for any reason I would bow and thank her regardless she could be like tearing apart my credit score it doesn't even matter (laughs) like and you'd be like thank you for the note thank you for the note Debbie Allen (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So it was that stuff too. And just like thinking back to all of like, because, okay, love the Nutcracker. And like, when I, my first time I did it was I was in fifth grade, and I ended up quitting ballet because of like a whole, which we can get into too, but a whole bunch of other things in high school. But I was so obsessed once I started dancing the Nutcracker beyond my Scorpio rising and like Capricorn sun vibes. Like I kept a journal where each year I would write what I wanted, like manifesting what I want what I ended up getting like, you know, the, the mm-hmm. rehearsal notes being like, today we rehearsed mother ginger and like, da, 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 da. and I, like, it was, it, it is like the thing for every ballet company, even if it's professional, like Boston ballet or New York city ballet, or if it's Columbia dance in Vancouver, Washington, like it is the, it is the piste de resistance. I can never say that phrase, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it is like the centerpiece of like every ballet school and company. Um, and that's what she and she talks about that the the purpose yeah. of hot that's why it's so competitive even right. within her program mm-hmm. and you can tell she's definitely someone who is like you know wanting to include as many folks as possible but also trying to have a good show that you can tell is also a fundraiser and she talks that about the right. origins of the nutcracker like when balanchine was looking to get off the ground in the u.s yeah like, what is a thing that everyone loves and that's true and like you look at new york city LA and like every um yeah. every big um ballet company in the U.S. has a nutcracker and it is their temple and I'm like that is how they make their money for the year to do you know it's like and there are certain other ones in the repertory too right like Romeo and Juliet, Jewels by Balanchine as well, Firebird yeah yeah. like there are certain there are certain Swan Lake absolutely standards that like are crowd pleasers you do them every year and these performances have to be top-notch right but also she does see it as like very much as a like a learning opportunity where she and, and to her credit, she was like, you know, as kids who were like not there yet, she's like, you are fantastic. You are beautiful. You need a little more training and come back next year. Like, I hope yeah. to see you next year. And I'm like, that sort of encouragement shakes, the, you know, as devastated as these kids probably are to not be in this big production. Yeah. They are encouraged and they are still, you know, and I'm sure some of them were the kids like me who had no earthly business <laughs> being 
it's something of this caliber who you might maybe you know god didn't give them enough rhythm you know maybe or maybe they you know technique wise they were good but not you know to the level of this caliber but she's giving them all the same note and she's giving them all keep trying keep training and i'm like yeah. that is incredible and, um, and good that's a good teacher that is fundamentally yeah. a good teacher even though these kids will never make a living as a dancer and she could look at that and see <laughs> you know what i mean or see look at people and be like you know and she does mention certain like this girl has it this girl has it this boy has it you know this person yeah will go on and be the next whatever and she said and she shouts out a couple of them in the film even the ones who don't she's like you know so some of these kids go on and they become fantastic surgeons but they have yeah, that foundation and they have that work to a certain degree, workplace readiness that you get from dance in the sense that you show up on time, correct, stretched, mm-hmm. you are in uniform, right. you are ready to do what it is you do. Cause yeah. it is, you know, a, you know, don't be mindful of the time and the energy that you were putting into this. Only come if you're going to give it your all. And I'm when like, it's yeah. someone like her who has sustained yeah. a career for however many decades, like mm-hmm. you need to listen. And I, I, I do agree, like when the, the scene where she does like, <laughs> Eviscerate them. She rips like, them a new one. Get it together. Oh, like, this girl comes in late, and she's yeah. like, "Yeah, I, I she, did never want to disappoint Debbie Allen ever again." But she called. Yeah, I remember like when they're all doing their curtsy and leaving. She calls one out, and she just goes, "Mm mm." <laughs> but then that other girl walks up. There's a, a, one of the dancers, and she's like dark skinned, tall, just beautiful, and she says, "More joy." Do you know how beautiful you are? I don't know if yes. you. Do. I was like. For the, like again, like specifically her being dark skin, I think is so important. But just for for a black dancer who is like going through puberty, that's already tough enough. But to have right. all this, like world and like you know colors and all that stuff, like that was so important. And I'm just like, we need Debbie Allen's everywhere throughout every industry, really. But specifically in dance specifically and like performing dance. arts, like yeah. we have yeah. to have those people that are that are championing. Um, equity and inclusion like that it's just so important especially yeah and telling you know especially like there is just such insane colorism within yeah the wide ballet work like missy copeland who is like very like kind of as fair as you can be and not quite passing you know what i mean as as a black and this is not like a chris like i'm we're similar colors uh missy copeland and i and i'm like this is and she gets like the words you wouldn't even believe and she's like posted some of the comments that she's gotten you know as you know very like thin and you know as you know close to like that's quote-unquote standard of beauty that ballet has but is still a black woman you know she's you know a biracial black woman um and gets like every type of like the meanest race and like it wouldn't matter what she looked like and it's entirely unacceptable but I'm like for Debbie Allen to pull these girls aside who are of every sort of color, every sort of body type, right. and to tell them that they are beautiful in an industry that will absolutely do the opposite. Yeah. Um, that did it to her daughter. That did it to her. Um, you know, and especially girls who will face, you know, even harder um, discrimination for, for colorism than even she went through. Um, I think it's just so important and to give her that mentorship and to say like, and she was talking about uh, like all sorts of girls being like, she's going to make, she has every body that a dancer would want, like that a ballet dancer should aspire to. And then the girl herself in the interview was like, yeah, you know, I'm aware that like, I'm a little overdeveloped in terms of my muscles. Oh, like, yeah. which, which is what she's saying. Like I'm t- what that translates to is like, I'm a little too muscular. I'm a little too good at ballet that my, <laughs> I, or I do it a little, I practice a little too hard. I don't know what that means, but in the sense that my muscles look 
too prominent, which, what does that even mean? Yeah. And then I'm grateful that they cut to another, um, or one of the first big, uh, I wish I could remember her name, that, that one of the original like black ballerinas, she was like, yeah, everyone has something. Oh. Someone's feet, your feet might be a little too long for whatever the arbitrary mathematical metric is. And like, oh, your arms might be a little too whatever. Um, right. That's nothing. It's like, she, and she was like, you know, and the issues like the industry is also changing. And it's like, yeah, every body is different. Yes, there is the standard, but like, if you are a fantastic dancer, that won't, that shouldn't hold you back. Yeah. Right, right. Like people are smart in, when they're casting and hiring you, they're not going to let, you know, you having too strong of legs, you know, hold you back. Mm -hmm. you yeah. know I really liked in the inclusion of her uh, yeah I wish that I remembered her name too because she's the oh yeah I'm gonna look it up yeah um, I'm trying to look it up what was she, what was her um didn't she dance with Houston to, like ballet? I think so I think she was the first professional black ballet dancer in yeah the like prima ballerina in in the country or principal something. dancer that's the word that yeah. I was looking for yeah. um but it was cool that she was included in the film because I felt like she brings a sort of historical context. Right. Because like Debbie Allen kind of stepped outside the world of ballet. Her name is Lauren Anderson. Wonderful, uh, yeah. Also too, like they showed a few clips of her dancing and my God, yeah. like how is she not like a well-known name by everyone as a dancer. Like I saw her, like there's a moment where she lifts her leg up. And I was like, I don't think I've seen that done before, mm. like in any sort of context. And I just thought that was really cool. And so just including her in that, in this film and providing that kind of context without making it about her, you know, she doesn't like come in and steal the movie. She like comes in she's like, I'm an expert like here's my information. And then it like goes back to the focus on the dancers and, and Debbie leading them, which I love. Honestly, this movie could have been so much longer for me. Like I, I could, honestly, yeah. It, it, a limited docu-series. I remember when it, when it clicked, when I clicked, it I was like oh, two full hours. Okay. And then I was sucked in. I was like, this is yeah. absolutely spectacular. Also, I love that Debbie Allen would, she had, oh, I wish I could remember the woman's name, um, like a Russian traditional oh, like ballet right. dancer and yeah. then debbie allen and the dance and uh, the russian teacher was like getting very frustrated and trying to talk about like mm -hmm. you know telling them that they were like their form wasn't quite right and debbie allen was like no no no, i need them to relax i need them to be in the fluidity and the soul of it and then we'll get technique right like, like she's like it needs a lot of work and she would just come in and like override folks and i'm like that is what boss like goals uh they also right. talked about one of the other key um formative like the young dancers and she was brought in I guess at like age three or four who's like too a little too young for the school uh when she first came and um the the mother brought her in and uh she like had her hair like push like a little bun and like all ready to go and the teacher at school like we can't you know for auditions like we can't use her she's like way too little Debbie Allen was like no she can and they're like you know Miss Allen she's like no 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 she can. And I'm like, that's so, and then that started this girl's career. And she's now like, you could tell she's like 17 or 18. And she was like the lead, uh, I think the sugar plum fairy yeah. that yeah. year. Um, and I'm like, how amazing, like that this woman like looked at this girl and it changed the course of her, her life. And you know, it's, it's really amazing. And these kids are like, just so talented. 
ridiculously talented. They really and, are. And like kind of to what Felicia was talking about earlier with her uh, Nutcracker experience, like um, all of them grow up doing this program and they all have certain dances that they want to be in. It's like, yes. there's a Bollywood number. That you, and also, as I will say this, like as they include these like numbers that are around the world and are pulling from different cultures, um, they're ob- very obviously, I don't know, I don't know about the Egyptian one very much, but like definitely the Bollywood number is heavily studied it is not like you know an american yeah. like just cheap bastardized you know spin off of bollywood where it's like kind of making fun of it kind of parroting it kind of doing whatever and like mixing it with a million other things it's like no this is looks like a bollywood number like yeah. it is very i don't know if they hired someone to specifically do that one who's like of you know that dance tradition and that background but like it looks like it was it like if it was choreographed by Debbie Allen or whoever like it was someone who studied and was very deliberate in like every, the hand gestures and then the music that was picked it was it was yeah. taken from a place of being extremely serious and like in within that visual language and I like that was super impressive to me because especially like you know when you see a production of the Nutcracker and it gets to the Chinese section yeah, and you're like so- oh boy <laughs> uh, yeah. especially like you know where I'm from I'm from you know southeastern Virginia I'm fairly certain there were no people of, I will just say the, the general geography of East Asia involved in the productions that I saw growing up. Right. Um, you know, let alone China specifically, let alone, you know, pulling from traditional Chinese dancer or, you know, what have you. Um, but also like, I, again, I don't know about the Egyptian portion because it, it looked more stylized and not like contemporary, like Middle Eastern, you know, Arabic dance, which would be closer to belly dancing. Um, in certain forms if not like folk dancing but yeah I in watching that I'm like wow not only are they inclusive in who they put in but like they're if they're going to pull from these traditions like Nutcracker did they're going to be extremely thoughtful and how I think there was a Chinese portion as well there's a China portion there is as well there was a flamenco portion Um, there's also like a rainforest one yeah that was very cool with puppetry Yes. Oh, I loved um, it. <laughs> I mean, where is the filmed presentation where is that? of hot chocolate, hot chocolate yeah. nutcracker? Like, I want to so, sit yeah. down and watch it from start to finish. I mean, should we start planning? Should we book our tickets to California for uh, in the aftertimes? Honestly, yeah. by the December of next year, maybe the world will get itself together because I would. I would absolutely love to see that in person because yeah. it's just so thoughtfully put together and like these kids are just unreasonably talented yeah. and hardworking. Like they talk about oh, one of the girls was like, yeah, I work at Pollo Loco when I'm not here. And then she like does classes like however many days a week for however right. many hours. And you could tell like just the way she spoke. Um, it was so interesting. Cause like, this is definitely how dance is and how art is for for a lot of people who are naturally very shy and very reserved. Like this, some of these kids were like on camera, like, yeah, I do this. And like, here's my jacket with my character name on it. I'm the princess. Like that kid was so cute. Um, But this, I wish I could remember her name. This girl was so shy and so introverted, you know, in talking she's like, yeah, you know, I work at a chicken place, I'm a cashier, you know, when I'm not, you know, like that's like her first job. And then you see her dance and she is just, everything like she has like such a strong personality as a dancer um and you see her confidence and you see how that she just kind of doesn't necessarily have like with when you shove a camera in front of her face you can tell she's not like someone who's used to you know 
expressing herself in words as fluidly, maybe on camera, maybe like off camera, she's like a perfectly bubbly person, but you just see it come out in how she performs. And like, that is just such a gift to like see, just to get a, a look at that, like sort of transformation and like how, cru how amazing is something like that, particularly as a teen, particularly as like a girl, <laughs> you know, mm. I was like, uh, you know, when it's so hard to, to express yourself in the way that you want to. And she talks about dance just being her emotions and so many things. I was like, oh. And did y'all see that one of the uh, students who had graduated, and I I'm, don't remember his name because I'm terrible and I guess don't remember people's names, but he was in the prom on Broadway. Yes, oh, in the credits. And I was like, yeah. oh my goodness, that made me so happy because that's one of my favorite shows of all time. And, um, he, was, and she, he just graduated. And then I think that was one of his first auditions. And he's yeah. like, I'm going to be on Broadway. And his, her, his parents were like, yeah, I knew. I knew that would be like where you go. Like, and I was like, yeah, I, I appreciated learning where a bunch of the dancers ended up because this had clearly been filmed over quite a few years. Like, I think the initial show is from like 2018. Mm. Then they came back and like did some reshoots last year. And then like the at the end of the movie, they kind of say like where everyone is as of like this moment, November 2020, without really the context of the pandemic, though. I don't think they really mentioned. They just kind of say like, where people are and it's quite a diverse range. I mean, like there's the one girl who ends up at the Joffrey Ballet oh. and there's another girl, which is mm -hmm. so cool on a scholarship. I know. Like I know. what? Oh my gosh. I just, I like having spent time with those kids, like you can't help but inevitably feel so proud of like seeing their future successes. It's, yeah. it's really cool. This also, his name is Wayne Juice Mackins. I'm sure he's listening. So yes. Wayne, Wayne, we love. Shout out to yes. Wayne. Shout out to Wayne. Um, yeah. yeah. Wait, and that is a show that like, and as anyone who has seen The Prom or knows Casey Nicola as a choreographer, like Ooh, that puts you through its pace. Look, only Debbie Allen, I think, would be an adequate training for, I mean, not only, but I mean, like she is someone who I'm like, I imagine how hard she worked them. He was ready. Yeah. Casey Nicolau must have been a piece of cake to him after, <laughs> yeah. after doing yeah. hot yeah. chocolate nutcracker for however many years. Yeah. Right. Um, and that choreography, I watched that and I was like, 10 minutes of, I, I saw it on Broadway three times and every time I was like, oh, they must be so tired. Right. At, actual, at the act break, let alone the finale number. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That stamina. Uh, but it's it's just so this was like such a heartwarming watch and it's so and it's such a break from form because like we were when Dan and I were making our list of movies I'm like I would not have even thought of a documentary at all um we gotta so, we gotta branch out and try new we things we really do it was worth we're it gonna I would, I'm gonna show Christmas, this movie to my mom to save all yeah. of Christmas you, but and it's but it is one of those special things too like because that, that it was released this year when mm -hmm. we're not able to go do this tradition of going to a theater and seeing a ballet company perform it it's like oh we're still getting a taste of that but it's like a special version and there's like so, like Dan was saying of like learning the context like we're learning so much about the world that surrounds putting it on too which I really love yeah um but it, so yeah it's, it's a it's a good like intersection of Christmas but also like the dance and also like inclusion representation it's basically the intersection I love to live at so you know I right. was like in to in it. tears <laughs> yes uh, uh, does anyone uh, else have a favorite moments to share before we get to uh final judgments 
so I mean, there were so many, but I, I the, the part that still, the, the two, I, I'm going to just do two tiny little moments that fit together. Do it, which do it, were do the it. ones we already highlighted, but the, the quote of um, the craft that chose me was not made in my image just really like hit me in a fucking jingle bell place and then the other part when she told um the dancer that you are beautiful and and to embody joy when you dance because that's something that really resonates Mm -hmm. with me when it comes to dance those were those were the ones where I was like please someone pass me the tissues I can I can't hold these tears back even if I wanted to yeah oh I will say off off the heels of the first one where she's like wasn't made in my image but the second half where she goes but it chose me. And so I have to choose it. And I was like, whoo, Because this shit is not easy. About like, we were saying they like work other jobs. They have school. They are at that studio for like potentially up to four or five hours a night some week. Oh, that is a job. Night, you know, during the weeks. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's not something, it's not for the faint of heart to quote actually Felicia Rashad. She says, theater's not for the faint of heart, but like dance is not either. You have to, there is an you you it's inherently in you because that's such a hard lifestyle that you have to be absolutely like intoxicated by it to do it you know Mm. oh also I'm gonna jump in and say a favorite moment is the very very beginning when Debian's like it's like their first run through on a big stage and she's trying to get these real little kids like under under 10 to line up and you know she's like correcting them and she's going like a little hard and then she goes um you, I believe in you. You can do it. You know why? It's like, cause dancers and th- you can hear them kind of getting it half right. Uh, but the phrase she goes like, that's right. Dancers are the most intelligent people on the planet. Yeah. And I like, Amen. I love that for these like little kids just hearing that uh, about themselves. And, you know, also like in terms of like muscle memory and like regular memory. Yeah. That's like, it rewires your brain to make you incredibly intelligent. Right. Um, no, but, the, and then she like, it's like, okay, go, go get in the hair and makeup. And you see her like watch these like little kids run off and she goes, oh, Lord have mercy. Yeah. What's next? All right. And like, that's just such a real moment um, that, oh, that sent me yeah. so much. Daniel, yeah. how about you? Um, I mean, I, I don't know that I have a specific favorite moment. I mean, the, the moments that you both talked about definitely stood out to me and were moments where I was like oh okay like let's like let's sit in this and talk about this because we need to um I also just really appreciated getting more of Debbie's backstory so like anytime we kind of went back and she kind of talked about her own experience growing up and the oh you know what I do have a favorite moment. It's when she went back and met her old teacher and they were sitting at Mm. and she told this story this is not like a favorite moment yeah but when she like asked her teacher why did you pick me and this teacher who had been essentially her mentor and inspiration for like decades was like oh I picked you because you were black mm-hmm. and in that moment my heart just sank because like one the amount of effort that Debbie must have like took in that moment to share that story is very intense, but also just like really embodies everything that's wrong with this industry right now. Because even when you think you did it on your own and you're like, it has nothing to do with what I look like. Mm. 
decades later it comes back and I think that just really drove the point home yeah I don't know I didn't mean to make that sound as like dark as it (laughs) yeah we mentioned it in the context of of fundraising of like yeah it's like we needed a grant so we needed you know a diversity student you know a diverse student um which is absolutely devastating but then I love the moment she goes like you know I thought I got it because it was good and then I realized I am still good. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And that was such a triumphant moment. And like, and you can see like the hurt on her face as she remembers this moment, but then mm-hmm. she picks her, like she must've at the time she picked herself right back up. and was like, yeah, both can be true. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right. Oh, which an inspiration okay. all around. Okay. So final judgments, uh, Felicia are as, uh, <laughs> we try to explain our scale, which there is no real scale other than the gold standard is does this movie save Christmas? You know, for me, it did. It saved Christmas mm-hmm. and, and particularly in the context of 2020. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I guess I guess I haven't heard what you've rated other movies exactly, but um, I, I think this was just I needed. I personally, it resonated with me so much, especially this year, and uh, just I don't know. It, it was honestly a little cathartic for me in different ways too. So I say it saved Christmas twenty twenty. Yes, <laughs> I agree. I second that. Yeah, and I third it. I mean, Yay! I, unanimous, I, unanimous, yes. and also like what you said Felicia about this being the intersection of Christmas Mm -hmm. and diversity and inclusion like I need more movies like this Mm -hmm. like they just just keep them coming yes if you're listening more hot chocolate I want the sequel yes absolutely oh I love it well, thanks for having me, y'all. Oh thank God, you for thank coming. You for coming. Where, where can folks find you, Felicia? If you would like to plug, uh, you know, this is not your first uh, podcast radio. Would you like to? <laughs> um, yeah, you can find me at Felicia Nicole 86 on all platforms. Um, you know, I'm just out here living and loving. Just what, so movie would be where can fo- folks hear more of your delicate voice? <laughs> <laughs> um yeah yeah if people want to listen to call and response um it's the podcast that i host and i haven't done it because hashtag 2020 um but it's at call and response it's about the intersection of blackness and performing arts i even get oh. debbie on that podcast yeah, okay maybe Ooh, she'll listen baby. to this no she won't she uh, I, I tweeted i tweeted about the documentary and how much it like moved me and she quote tweeted it with a kissy emoji and a heart and i was like i oh made it god yeah it's like touched by an angel exactly <laughs> Daniel, where can everyone find you? Uh, you can find me at D Meyer News on Twitter or D Meyer 2010 on Instagram. Uh, and that's M E Y E R. And you can find me at, at underscore I'm Living Color on Twitter and at I'm Living Color on Instagram. Uh, thank you so much for stopping by, Felicia. Thanks yes. for having me, y'all. Please come back I'm, soon. I will come back anytime y'all want. Seriously, we will have you back again. This is Carrie and Dan and Felicia. Save Christmas signing off. May your holiday movie viewing be merry and bright. Ho, ho, ho. We did it!